You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Irregularly hosted by me, Ginger Nick. Tonight I am writing solo. The guys are all busy, so what we're going to do instead is quickly break down every game. I'm going to give you my thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, concerns about all of the players I can and hopefully get you guys a win in the most important week of your fantasy football season thus far. First things first, we've got a showdown between the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans on Thursday night. On the Jacksonville side of the ball, we know what their game plan is going to be. It's going to be to pound the rock and ignore common sense using the passing game. So what can we expect? 25 touches or so out of Leonard Fournette. I don't really like anyone in the passing game. If you want to be risky, you could go with D.D. Westbrook as the Titans have struggled in slot coverage sometimes uh, throughout this year. T.J. Yeldon is still seeing passing game work here and there, but none of these guys are, are confident plays. So as far as I'm concerned, you're starting Fournette, and and that's about it. Maybe Kessler in a very deep two-quarterback league. On the Titans side of things, start out by taking a look at Marcus Mariotto. He's he's producing on the ground, and and he's put up decent numbers in the games that he's finished uh, since their bye five weeks ago. Jacksonville does allow decent yards to quarterbacks on the ground. The, the Jags defense did show up last week, though, so the, the matchup scares me, but I, I could see a rolling with Mariota as a quarterback, too. Uh, Deion Lewis is not getting the same playing time that he was. Derrick Henry's out touching him, and he's somewhat producing. I don't really like either back. I could see using Derrick Henry as a boomer bust uh, uh, or touchdown-dependent uh, flex option. However, I do like the look for Corey Davis. They move him around the formation. The Jags have given up a lot of yardage, a lot of production uh, to the slot receiver position. He will go inside, and I think that if you're if you're going to trust someone, you could trust Corey Davis perhaps as a uh, wide receiver two slash three. Outside of Corey Davis, I really don't like many of the pass catchers on this team. Johnny Smith put up a dud last week, and against this defense, it's going to be hard for him to really get things going. Taewon Taylor looked good last week, and I love him as a player. I think that they just need a new coaching staff um, or to spend another year getting the playbook down for him to be an effective player. I do have high hopes for him in the future, though. But outside of that, I think you can start Mariota. I think you can start Corey Davis. And if you need a a touchdown-dependent risk, uh, Derrick Henry. Moving on from the Thursday game to the 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. Eastern time slot on Sunday, we're going to kick things off with the Jets at Buffalo Bills. 
I'm really excited about this one, and I know that that sounds weird, but I think Josh Allen could be a season-altering deployment at the quarterback position. The guy's been a top-five quarterback in each of the last two weeks. He's got, I think, 235 rushing yards during that time span. The, the, The Bills coaching staff has completely handed him the keys to the offense, and he's free to play how he wants to. That's with his legs. Now, he also, uh, unfortunately, left a long touchdown on the field last week. As time expired, he chucked a bomb after outrunning uh, four defensive linemen. Uh, Chucked a bomb to Charles Clay, and Clay, with the hands of brick, sorry for that, um, dropped the ball in the end zone, wide open. The kid might have been able to finish as the quarterback one. I think against this mediocre New York Jets defense. Josh Allen has absolutely has a shot to once again finish in the top five. I've got him coming in uh, at the top of my quarterback two tiers. He's number uh, 13, but as I mentioned in the notes, I really wanted to put him in that quarterback one range. I think that that's his ceiling. Of course, his floor is very low. He's a, uh, a magician rookie quarterback, and that's, that's not necessarily a bankable thing i would do it though I'm, I'm trying to get him into my leagues and i'm actually i know this sounds crazy i'm thinking about starting him over guys like lamar jackson and andrew luck and i probably won't end up doing it but that should give you an indication as to uh how highly i think of his ceiling moving on the run game is rough. LaShawn McCoy is probably going to get the touches, and the New York Jets defense isn't very good, but uh, McCoy is just kind of cooked and old, and I don't know, do you really want to root for him? He's got one good game on the whole year. I think he's best left on your bench, and if for whatever reason you could find a trade partner, just get rid of him. Um, I like Zay Jones this week. Uh, again, the, the New, York Gi- or New York Jets defense isn't anything to really be afraid of, Um and, and he's he's seeing the targets. Now, he, he did put up a dud against Jacksonville in Week 12, but it's Jacksonville. Um, a couple weeks ago in, in, in Week 10, he, had, he caught 11 of 8 balls for 93 yards and a touchdown. Because Josh Allen's a boom-bust quarterback, Zay Jones is a boom-bust wide receiver, but he's one that I am fitting into at least one of my six or seven redraft lineups. Uh, you could go with Robert Foster, who I keep wanting to call Robert Frost, which Wikipedia tells me he liked to think about whether or not we exist. So I, that's probably a good metaphor for Robert Foster. Uh, I, I wouldn't start him, but if you're looking for a deep threat as like a, a, a second flex, sure, why not? Uh, don't start Charles Clay. We need to keep him on our, our benches or hopefully on the waiver wire. Moving over to the Jets, uh, Darnold, you just can't start this week against the, the Bills. Their, their pass defense is very good. Uh, and Nunwa has not really rebounded is from his midseason slump. Jermaine Curse isn't anything to write home about. And, and Chris Herndon just hasn't lived up to the hype, uh, although he's getting decent targets for a tight end. If you don't have a better option, I can see it. But personally, I'm not using him. Um, Isaiah Crowell or Elijah McGuire, probably Isaiah Crowell, uh, could take advantage of the uh, Buffalo Bills' uh, subpar run defense, but I view him as no better than a, a running back three flex option. Moving on to the New York Giants uh, at Washington football team. Uh, we'll start with the Giants. Keep writing uh, Saquon. He, he's, he's smashing all over the place. Um, yeah, he's a locked-in running back one. Don't overthink that. 
Uh, Washington has had up and down success against the run, so if that, that might have been on your mind, but I, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, Eli Manning, I don't think that, that I'm trusting him uh, this week. It's, it's, a, 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 it's an okay matchup, but in week 14, look elsewhere. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., I know I just told you not to start Eli, but it's Beckham, and if he houses one slant for, for a 90-yard touchdown, then that works for him. It doesn't get the job done for Eli. Keep Beckham in your starting lineup. He's got the rivalry with uh, with Josh Norman, so you know he's coming to play. We don't, I believe, we do not yet know whether or not Stribling Shepard will play. He hurt his ribs. Uh, looks like he went for x-rays and, and a CT scan, and he, and he was all right, but still... He's banged up and he hasn't produced very much for you so far. Uh, Evan Ingram, just a, a bummer. Uh, hammies don't go away quickly, and he's uh, he's been out only for two weeks. I, I'm not trusting Evan Ingram at this point uh, in the season, and that's it uh, for me. It's it's on on the Giants. It's it's Barkley and it's Beckham, and uh, we can move on to the next. Adrian Peterson, what a run last week, uh, 90 yarder. However. What we have to take note is he had eight other carries and totaled eight yards. So he finished with 98 yards and one touchdown. It got you points. And I and I like him here as, as a running back, too, because they, the, the Giants foolishly traded away Damon Harrison. I, I, it's such a silly sort of half-assed uh, rebuilding attempt uh, to acquire something for a still uh, a stalwart veteran. Anyway... Adrian Peterson, I like him as a running back, too. Don't let that 90-yard touchdown fool you into thinking that he's going to be something more than that and, and get back into that you know, RB1 area. Uh, whoever is starting at quarterback this week for Washington, avoid them. It's probably Sanchez, but Josh Johnson is, is apparently being signed. Uh, we know it's not Kaepernick because that would make too much sense. Um, that being said, I can see Chris Thompson being a usable fantasy asset in PPR leagues as a flex, given that there's there's a, a high likelihood that whoever's playing quarterback is playing scared and they're going to be dumping the ball off. He's more of a, a floor play than a ceiling. Uh, the, the tight ends might also come into play, and uh, I like both Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis more so than I do the other tight ends that we've talked about so far. I, I would I would gamble uh, with, with those guys before, before I did with, uh, before I gambled with any, you know, Jets, Bills, uh, Jags, Titans guys. Uh, and I, I might be out there on a, a limb by myself on that one, but, uh, those are my thoughts. Uh, Josh, Do- Josh Doxon. I actually really liked him going into last week because he and Colt McCoy seemed to have a nice little mind meld thing going on, but McCoy broke his leg. So that's no more. It was a uh, fool's gold. Uh, if you have Jameson Crowder, you are not starting him either. So, in conclusion, sure, fire up AP as a, a running back two, or AD, sorry, as a running back two. Uh, Chris Thompson is a, a PPR flex in, in the tight ends in, in any format. There, there is a, a good of a dice roll as anyone. Moving on to the New Orleans Saints at Tampa Bay. Buccaneers, Drew Brees last week, uh, he might have cost you a playoff appearance. Uh, if he didn't, fire him up again this week. The Bucks give up everything through the air. That being said, uh, trust all of your studs on this team. I, I know that, that Kamara and Michael Thomas, people have been letting you down, but this is the kind of get-right matchup 
that I think we can all expect our studs to produce in. Kamara's going to catch a lot of passes. He, he'll probably have more receiving yards than he does rushing yards in this game. The only thing that you worry about is that they play too well and Kamara sees uh, the bench in the second half, which is why I actually also like Mark Ingram a lot as a strong flex play. I think that he's going to sort of, uh, uh, oh God, where's a, a bad pirate pun when you need, um, steer the ship, whatever, in the second half against the Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, rely on Mark Ingram this week as a, as a high upside flex. Uh, Kamara, he's going to be a top fiver. Michael Thomas, every reason to think he'll do the same. He probably won't put up his uh, ungodly total that he did in week one, which was 16 receptions for 180 yards and a touchdown. He's not going to do that, but he'll be your wide receiver one. Keep the faith. Uh, In a very deep league, I would also consider using Keith Kirkwood. He's shown well. He's got touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. I am avoiding the tight ends, but if I am choosing one, it's going to be Dan Arnold. Uh, on the other side of the ball, on the uh, other side of the ball, uh, the Bucks. Uh, Jameis Winston is in a very good spot. I think he. Uh, there's talk that he might be playing somewhat more conservatively because he doesn't want to lose his job. But against this kind of a defense, he's he's going to be taking a lot of shots uh, to Mike Evans. Fire up Mike Evans as a wide receiver one. Fire up Chris Godwin as a wide receiver two. Maybe he's a flex. And same goes for Adam Humphreys. I am starting both of them in uh, in a couple different leagues. I like Chris Godwin. Uh, I think that his, his PPR upside is just a little bit higher than, than Humphreys just because of the nature of the way the two of them play the game. But I like both of these guys to put up some serious points uh, as far as that wide receiver two slash flex uh, expectation might go. Um, strangely, New Orleans has done a great job, uh, on defense shutting out tight ends. So I know you've probably picked up Cameron Bright when Jameis Winston retook the starting job, but I don't think that this is the week I actually dropped him, uh, luckily for Jalen Samuels in my Yahoo leagues. And we'll, we'll touch on him later, but we, we got reason to believe in Jalen Samuels, uh, running the ball. Peyton Barber, he is locked in as the lead back here. He's put up modest, if not solid, totals uh, in in each of the last three weeks. He's scored in each game. He's hovered, unfortunately, in the the 40 to 47 uh, uh, rushing yard range over the last two weeks. He did have 106 back in week 11. Um, I like Peyton Barber as a, a touchdown or bust guy with a, a higher, a bit of a higher floor than someone uh, like Derrick Henry, who I was talking about earlier. I think that he is going to see uh, 15 or so touches. I, I wouldn't count on him for a, a large yardage game, but I, I, I do think that there's a, a decent shot that he can get you uh, 60 yards and a coin toss for a touchdown. Um, it's not a great play, but. They're going to be moving the ball, and they're going to be able to get in the red zone and and you know within the within the five and the ten. He's not the worst option out there. Uh, I I would I would count him as an RB two slash. Well, I'd, I'd count him as a flex. Moving on to the New England Patriots at Miami Dolphins. Uh, for whatever reason, Miami tends to play New England fairly well. Uh, so we'll do with with that what we can. If you're a believer in voodoo, then you know take note of that uh, <laughs> that historical occurrence. Uh, it's it's sort of baffling, but anyway, uh, onto the Patriots. 
Uh, Tom Brady, I have him ranked as my quarterback 20. Uh, I am not a believer in the uh, that, that history will repeat itself here. I think that the Patriots will safely crush the Dolphins, and I think that they're going to do it uh, through the running game. Uh, we noticed last week that Sony Michelle's uh, snap count soared through the roof in the second half. I think that that's going to be uh, that's going to occur again this week. I think that the Pats are going to jump out to an early lead and they're going to pound the rock with Michelle in the second half. So if you're watching, uh, you know, Stat Tracker, what have you, um, don't panic. Michelle isn't killing it in the first half. I think he's going to. I think he's going to perform well as a uh, running back too in the second half. James White will retain his high ish volume passing role his his his, uh, his targets and touches have dropped but I think against this bad Miami defense uh, you're still looking at him as a uh, as an RB2 slash flex Rex Burkhead unfortunately isn't startable yet and I, I did hear uh, on on Evan Silva's uh, or rather Ross Tucker's fantasy feast podcast Evan Silva mentioned that it was Josh Gordon whose snaps dropped with Rex Burkhead. They sort of subbed in and out for each other. So Burkhead, he's got to compete with the other running backs, although he did get meaningful playing time. Uh, I don't think that we can we can trust him yet, although he is one of my favorite players of all time. Speaking of Josh Gordon, I think that he's got a good chance to uh, keep up his relatively solid production. However, he he just isn't the, the wide receiver one that, that I know I had hoped that he would be when he was acquired by the Patriots. I think that he is a decent wide receiver too, although he does have tough quarterback matchups. I don't think that Julian Edelman has tough quarterback matchups in a PPR league. He might be pushing for wide receiver one production this week, but I think that he is also a solid wide receiver too. Rob Gronkowski is just not the tight end you drafted him to be unless you were able to get someone like Jalen Samuels. Uh, I'm probably going to bring his name up quite a bit. Uh, I, I would start. I would start Samuel's over Gronk. I think that it's a, a big enough week. If, if you're if you're playing Yahoo and you are uh, Samuel's has that uh, tight end designation, I would consider a move like that. Some some other names at at the tight end position that I that I would consider starting over Gronk this week. Would be players like uh, Eric Ebron, uh, obviously you know Ertz, Kelsey, Kittle, those guys. Uh, if if you but if you have them, you probably don't have Gronk as well. Um, I think that I would be so bold as to roll out guys like Jared Cook, uh, David Njoku, and maybe maybe Trey Burton as well with that Rams matchup uh, over Gronk. And I know that that might sound crazy, but he's just he is banged up, and and if they get an early lead like I expect them to, they're going to look to rest their theoretically most dominant player on the field. So I I'm, I'm worried about Gronk this week. Although I personally own him in almost every single league, so I'm uh, I'm going to be starting him in, in the areas where I don't have a tight end uh, of one of the names that I previously mentioned. As for Miami. You might consider flexing Kenyon Drake in a PPR league because Tannehill is really enjoying throwing to him. He's their best player, but this is an archaic coaching staff, and they don't know what the hell they're doing. Outside of that, I'm not rolling the dice on any of these receivers. Uh, Frank Gore is a high-floor, low-ceiling second flex option, and and I'm not starting Ryan Tannehill. I'm sure that that'll bite me in some way, but... I'm not trusting any anyone on this bad team with a uh, uh, 
a bad offensive coordinator and a bad head coach. Next up, we have Baltimore Ravens at Kansas City Chiefs. I love Lamar Jackson in this matchup. I have got him as my as the number 10 quarterback on the week. I think he's got a really high floor and a very high ceiling. Now, Kansas City does play good pass defense via their pass rush, and that will be something to worry about. But when you get defenders running downhill at a rushing quarterback, it gives them a pretty good shot to break one loose uh, on the ground. I would trust Lamar Jackson this week. Joe Flacco is not a worry. It, he, It's possible because anything is possible that, that Flacco gets time, but he's still not practicing in full. I'm rolling with Lamar Jackson, and, and I'm, I'm doing it in an excited, confident manner. Similarly, uh, as far as the ground game goes, Gus Edwards, the dude has not hit the ceiling in the last two weeks that I thought that he could, but he has nailed the floor. Last three weeks, 115 yards on the ground, 118 yards on the ground, and 82 yards on the ground. His, t- his, his carry totals are 17, 23, 21. He does not get much work in the passing game, but that kind of a rushing floor and that kind of volume is too high to ignore in a matchup against a very poor run defense. I think he's got a good shot at finding the end zone this week for the first time since week 11. I am starting Gus Edwards confidently as a running back too. And, uh, yeah, if you if you managed to get him off the waiver wire a couple weeks ago, you should be feeling really good about that. Uh, I also think that Ty Montgomery might be worthy of a PPR flex play. It's likely that Kansas City's offense continues to roll, and Baltimore has to start throwing a little bit more than they want to. Uh, so I you could roll the dice on Ty Montgomery, and you could also roll the dice on John Brown. He uh, Jackson has missed him on on deep balls in back to back weeks. He keeps looking his way, and we like to see that. It's, of course, a, a risk, but uh, in, a, in a standard scoring league, um, Brown as an exciting flex option, yeah, you could, you could do worse. On the Chiefs side of the ball, you're starting Patrick Mahomes. He's my quarterback one this week. Tyreek Hill, I think, is a good shot to, uh, to, to maintain his wide receiver one status. I can see if you're worried uh, about starting him, given that Baltimore shut down Julio last week, I think, for 18 yards. Uh, but the thing is that the Falcons don't have as many weapons as the Chiefs do. And so when the Ravens sold out to stop Julio, while they were able to do that there, it's not going to have the same uh, – I, I don't think that they can commit the resources to stopping Tyreek Hill. Uh, and, hey, I mean, the guy can beat double coverage deep. Anyway, um, Travis Kelsey, fire him up. He's probably the tight end one again this week. Other guys to keep an eye on. Spencer Ware. His ceiling is not what we at all hoped it would be. He was the, the, the hot ad at the end of the week, and I got him in, I think, every or almost every league. Um, and I was really excited, but he, he just sort of ran okay. Uh, there's talk. Uh, Andy Reid says that he wants to turn this into a running back by committee situation. I think if you're looking for a deep ad, go pick up Damian Williams. I don't know that Sharkandrick West is really that much of a, uh, uh, a worry. They did just bring him back on he does know the offense though uh however i uh, if if i'm if i'm banking on a a secondary running back for this team it's going to be damian williams but i'm still not starting damian williams this week uh unfortunately it looks like sammy Watkins is going to miss this game uh yeah tough luck i had really high hopes for him um chris conley like him a lot too happy to see a guy recover from a torn achilles he's got uh three touchdowns in the last two games however i don't think 
that I would be banking on him in week 14 in a deep league, perhaps. But uh, for me, for the for the Chiefs, it's Mahomes, it's Hill rolling with those guys confidently along with Travis Kelsey, and I'm putting Spencer Ware out there as a I think he's probably yeah. I've got him at number. I've got him at running back twenty four, uh, in the high floor, shaky ceiling running back twos. I think he's probably going to get fifteen touches. I don't know if it'll be that much more. Moving on to the next one, Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. You are starting Andrew Luck. I know I was talking about the Josh Allen thing earlier. I love Josh Allen. I'm really excited about it. But no, start Andrew Luck. Uh, Marlon Mack, I think that his ceiling is no longer what it once was. He is now a, a mid, mid-tier uh, RB2. I have got him sitting at number 21 uh, in my running back rankings. This is a very, very good run defense, and I think what we're hoping for is that he sees the volume, but last week uh, as it, it just, they just couldn't get the running game going against Jacksonville. He only got eight carries. I think that he will get a higher touch or a higher. Yeah, I think he'll get a higher touch total this week in the in the mid teens. I think that he is a a running a mid tier running back too. I don't think that you can count on him to be a a game breaker. Uh, I think Naheem Hines is a flex option. I think that they're they're going to shake things up. They'll use him, uh, you know, as an extension of the run game, uh, the old Patriots way. And no, I know that the Patriots didn't invent that. Don't at me or do do your thing. Uh, startup Eric Ebron, he is awesome. I know he had his uh, his down week last week, only getting you uh, uh, five points in, in standard, but he did have 16 friggin' targets. He had 10 receptions. It was just, I believe it was a lost, uh, fum- yeah, lost fumble. Um, he still had 81 yards. Uh, the Mo Alley Cox dream uh, has been off and on fun this season, but don't depend on it in week 14. Trust with all your your love and and heart and weakness uh, in T. Y. Hilton this week. Uh, he lit this team on fire when they played back in week four hundred and fifteen yards. I think he's he's got a great shot to do that again this time. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, I'm going to lose my beer bet with our tight end expert Heath Caps. Thought Wilkins was going to take the job. He thought it was going to be Naheem Hines. Both of us are wrong, but Hines is going to finish with more points. So by a six-pack, Heath. Houston Texans. Uh, startup Deshaun Watson. I, I know that he uh, he's he's been a bit of a roller coaster, but I think that this is going to be a shootout. I've got him at my I've got him at uh, quarterback nine in my QB rankings. DeAndre Hopkins. You're starting him. I can't believe I am saying this, but I like. Lamar Miller this week. I was very down on him entering the year given their terrible offensive line, but I've got him as the running back 17. He has been getting uh, killer workloads, and whether he's been efficient or not with his touches, he's been producing. He's got 86, 162, and 103 rushing yards over his last three games and uh, added receiving yardage. On top of that, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but trust Lamar Miller as a rock-solid running back, too. I would not trust Demarius Thomas. Uh, he has boom-slash-busted uh, in his time in, in Houston. Um, he might succeed against this subpar Colts defense, but it, he is not someone that I'm going to be taking uh, the gamble on. Uh, unfortunately, 
Kiki QT's hamstrings still are not right. You cannot trust him to. Uh, you can't. You can't trust him in this matchup because even if he gets the start, he might exit the game again, and we can't be having that. As we come towards the end of the 1 p.m. Eastern Time games, we turn our attention to the Atlanta Falcons at Green Bay Packers. I like Matt Ryan in this as my quarterback. 15, I think that this is going to be a shootout, and he is going to benefit. Uh, I think his, his upside is is uh, finishing the week as a quarterback one. Uh, however, he has been up and down. He's been volatile, so I, I can't I can't safely put him in the QB one tier. Uh, Julio, he's I I would hope that he gets some sort of a squeaky wheel treatment. Uh, he would one two three four five six games straight going over a hundred yards. Last week he only got 18. Like I said, Baltimore stopped or uh, sold out to stop him. Green Bay has—they do not have the firepower on defense to do that. I, I trust Julio Jones to be a, uh, a top five wide receiver one this week. Uh, Calvin Ridley is also in a good spot to produce to exceed expectations from the the flex arena. Do not trust Tevin Coleman. Do not trust Ido Smith. Both of these guys have uh, just cratered in recent weeks. Yeah, sorry. Uh, early in the year, they were uh, very intriguing options. Now, not so much. Trust Austin Hooper, although Green Bay has been decent against tight ends. There are few options that are better than Austin Hooper. He's probably in that tight end 10 to 12 range, unless you've got somebody else uh, who you trust more. Stay with Austin Hooper. I think that that's, a, that's an all right tight end to start. I don't like Mohamed Sanu this week. Um, moving on. Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, uh, with the ousting of Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers is going to be trusted, I think, by Joe Philbin to sort of run the offense. Philbin has an opportunity to secure the head coaching job going forward. I think the way that he does that, and I know it's dangerous to assume rational coaching, but I think that the way that he does that is just do the opposite of what Mike McCarthy did, and then we'll figure out the rest later on. He knows what he has in Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to trust him fully. So that being said, Rodgers can be throwing the ball a lot, and he's going to be throwing it to who he wants to throw it to. Fire up Rodgers as a quarterback one. I currently have him ranked as quarterback 11, so my confidence in him is not what it was at the beginning of the year, but he's, still, he's going to be a quarterback one. Uh, Devontae Adams, I think, might be the highest floor receiver in fantasy, it doesn't matter who who he is playing. He gets you 100 yards or he scores a touchdown. It, it, he's having a lights-out season, and I'm super stoked to own him. Um, Aaron Jones is, a, is an Aaron Rodgers favorite. He campaigned for him for a long time to be the starter, and I think he's going to get his way. Uh, playing time sort of went back to, to a more even split between him and Jamal Williams last week. McCarthy's gone, um, so Williams' sexy pass blocking will no longer be enticing to this head coach. Uh, trust Aaron Jones as a running back. One, I've got him uh, as the RB6 this week. Put your trust in him. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, unfortunately, has cooled off. I loved him, but I cannot trust him, even what is an appetizing matchup. I cannot trust Randall Cobb either. However, Jimmy Graham, yeah, roll him out there. Atlanta struggles uh, there with both safeties on injured reserve. 
tight ends can eat here, and Rodgers likes him. Fire up Jimmy Graham. Go get him, Tiger. Oh, and don't start Jamal Williams. Moving on to the final matchup of the 1 p.m. Eastern time slate, Carolina Panthers at Cleveland Browns. Cam Newton, I'm still optimistic that he finishes as a quarterback one this week. I've got him sitting at quarterback seven. However, I'm going to be checking back all week on the practice reports to see how his injured throwing shoulder is doing. Fortunately for him, uh, his two top receiving options are both yards after the catch receivers. That's DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, not Devin Funches. I was big on Funches at the beginning of the year. I did think that Greg Olson was going to re-injure his foot because that tends to happen with the Jones fracture. However, Funches has proven to be a bust. And with Cam's arm somewhat ailing, throwing those deep jump balls to Funches is not going to be an option. So avoid Devin Funches. I like DJ Moore to pop as a wide receiver too. I think Curtis Samuel has got a decent shot at being a flex play. Christian McCaffrey is going to be, this is my, uh, my cock block ready to rock. I already use that one lock of the week. doesn't matter. Uh, to finish as the running back to behind Todd Gurley. He's got 10 touchdowns over the last six games. He's on fire. Just keep trusting him. This is a very bad run defense. Well, it's an overworked run defense. Larry Ogunjobi is the man. Ian Thomas, unfortunately, we cannot trust at tight end, although one day I think that he'll be the next great Carolina Panthers tight end. Moving to Cleveland, Baker Mayfield is going to smash. I have him as my quarterback 16, but I think that his, his ceiling is uh, is quarterback one. Uh, not, not the quarterback one, but I think that he can easily finish in the top 12. I might move him up as the week progresses. This Carolina defense is bad, and Baker can take advantage of it. Uh, all of his receivers are, are, are shaky option, options at best. Um, slot receivers have had great days against Carolina, so if I'm going to roll the dice on one, I'm, I'm going to be ready to be hurt again, and I'm going to trust Jarvis Landry to be an upside flex slash wide receiver too. But if you need someone to to put up serious points. I'm not starting Landry. I'm not starting Callaway, and I'm not starting Higgins. Uh, they've all been too flaky for me to, to trust them this week. David Njoku is awesome, and he's being heavily utilized. Fire him up as a tight end one. Unfortunately, we are off the Duke Johnson Jr. Uh, train once again. Love the guy. He's just not getting the looks. Nick Chubb is. He has... Uh, surprisingly, had an awesome passing floor. We didn't know if that was going to be a thing for him, but but it has been, and his, his touch totals are through the roof. He struggled last week, only put up 31 yards on the ground and a touchdown. However, he got the touchdown, so it salvaged the day. That was against the Houston Texans, as we talked about earlier. Very, very, very good run defense. Uh, he's going to bounce back, and he's going to run all over the Carolina Panthers. Moving on to the 4 o'clock Eastern time slate, we've got the Denver Broncos at San Francisco 49ers. Unfortunately, today, Wednesday, December 5th, Emmanuel Sanders ruptured his Achilles tendon. He's out for the rest of the year and will uh, miss time in 2019. This lowers the passing prospects for Case Keenum in an otherwise good 
uh, fantasy matchup. I had him at the court as quarterback 18. He's probably going to be in the early uh, early 20s now. Um, you could fire him up in, in two quarterback leagues, but I, I don't think I'm trusting him outside of that. Cortland Sutton is going to see a large uptick in the passing game, and I think that he could be a uh, a low-end uh, wide receiver too. He's, he's had some uh, boom-bust uh, tendencies going on over the last few weeks, but I would trust him. But I would trust him. I would trust Cortland Sutton this week. Other receiver options in the Denver receiving core uh, are, are interesting. Both Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick are talented football players. Tim Patrick, uh, I believe, memory serves, he battled injury in college and it, it it dropped his draft stock a lot, but the kid has flashed. And I would pay very close attention to see who beat reporters think is going to be stepping up. If Tim Patrick gets the starting nod in the slot, I might fire him up as a very high ceiling flex slash receiver too. The kid can play. I like him a lot. I like Deshaun Hamilton a lot too. I like Tim Patrick more. If you are in a position where you need some serious points, uh, I've got one league where I I'm in fifth. I'm playing the fourth seed. He's got one win on me and 24 points. So I need to beat him and put up some extra points. If I'm desperate, if I'm looking around, and I do not know who the hell to start. And Tim Patrick gets the starting nod in the slot. That's where Case Keenan likes to throw to. I am looking at Tim Patrick. Uh, Matt Lacoste, uh, their new starting tight end, he, I believe, uh, busted last week. Yes, he did. Uh, however, he had a touchdown the week before. He is that safety blanket middle of the field target that Case Keenum likes. If we don't know what's going on with Hamilton or Patrick, either way, Matt Lacoste is in that top 12 tight end discussion as a uh, as one of the higher end Streamers, uh, Philip Lindsay probably just got a few more touches piled onto his plate. The dude is a machine. I think I read, uh, I did on 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 Monday. I can't remember who it was from. Uh, it was on Twitter. Sorry to whoever it was. Dude's averaging I think over seven yards or seven yards per carry over the last three games. This kid's a machine and undrafted running backs, man. Go, Philip Lindsay. Go. This guy's going to smash this week. Royce Freeman, you're leaving on uh, either your bench or, or the waiver wire. Uh, same goes for Devontae Booker. Moving over to the San Francisco side, I like Nick Mullins this week. He was 19. He's going to move up to 18. The uh, Denver outside corners struggle to do their job, which is cover. And now uh, Chris Harris broke his, I believe, fibula. Uh, same injury as Colt McCoy. Uh, I think Nick Mullins has a shot to be a, a high floor, perhaps high ceiling quarterback too. He threw for over 400 yards. Yeah, it was 14, 414 last week uh, against Seattle. I think that he's got a good shot to um, probably not go for, for 400 yards, but I wouldn't be surprised if he if he surpasses uh, three with the emergence of Dante Pettis, who I would fire up as a uh, as my as as a wide receiver too or or flex. Uh, I think that the kid, you know, there there isn't really there's no there's no scary matchup in the Denver secondary and he he broke the hell out last week uh, 129 yards 
through the air with two touchdowns. Uh, you're starting George Kittle. Dude's going to be a top five tight end this week. Don't worry about it. Uh, you're not starting any other receivers here, Marquise Goodwin or Pierre Garcon. And you are definitely firing up Jeff Wilson Jr., who I have sitting as the running back 20. I think that there's a good shot that he gets around 20 touches against uh, 20 for 20. Uh, uh, 20 touches against a, a middle of the road Denver run defense. And and this the San Francisco running back group has been producing, I believe, as a, a top 10 unit in fantasy. Uh, I believe that was from uh, Rich Rebar's uh, worksheet. Go read that every week. It's incredible. Uh, but yeah, Jeff Wilson Jr., very excited about that guy. Uh, very excited to have picked him up at this point in the season. That does it for Denver SF. For our next matchup, Lions and Tigers and Bengals, oh my, it is the Cincinnati Bengals at Los Angeles Chargers. Joe Mixon being projected for more points than Jeff Driscoll in uh, standard scoring is all you really need to know about this one. The Chargers have been permitting bountiful fantasy outings uh, to opposing fantasy running backs. Joe Mixon was just added to the injury report with a foot injury, but it it's a Wednesday practice report, so I'm not going to read too much into that. I do think that Giovanni Bernard is someone who you could add if you're already uh, a playoff-bound team. He's starting to get an uptick in touches, and as the Bengals ride off into the playoff-less sunset, it makes sense that, they're, that they would give Gio more work so as not to injure uh, or not to risk uh, injury to Joe Mixon. However, given how poor this defense has played against running backs, I think that Joe Mixon, I've, um, because of the Geo possibility, I've got Joe Mixon as the number 12 running back in my rankings in his own shaky floor, high ceiling RB1 tier. Uh, yeah, this the, the, the matchup is just there. For, for Mixon to have a great day. Jeff Driscoll, you are not starting. You are not trusting him under any circumstances. And you're not trusting any Cincinnati pass catcher in this one either. Not Tyler Boyd, not CJ Soma, not John Ross. Uh, Tyler Boyd is the, the fill-in number one wide receiver. However, if you look over the game logs uh, for uh, fantasy points allowed – by the LA Chargers. The only guy who's had success against them in weeks was Antonio Brown. Outside of that, it is ugly. So don't start Tyler Boyd, Uzoma, John Ross. Start Joe Mixon. Think about adding Giovanni Bernard. Moving over to the Chargers side of the ball, Phillip Rivers has every reason to blow this matchup up. Cincinnati's defense is appalling. Uh, it's it's probably just the Hugh Jackson effect, and they'll, they'll turn it around next year as Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson are fired. Um, but for now, fire up uh, Philip Rivers. I have got him as my quarterback five. Uh, he's not going to get you anything on the ground, but he's going to give you a lot through the air. Keenan Allen is a top seven, probably seven wide receiver this week, maybe top five. Uh, dude's on fire. Trust him. Keep him in as your wide receiver one. Other pass catchers, you could try as uh, Matthew Barry likes to say, BMW, Big Mike Williams. 
Uh, he has a penchant for scoring here and there. Not a lot of yardage, but against a defense like this, there's a decent shot. I would I would start him, uh, you know, PPR leagues as a as a flex option, uh, maybe even in standard if you are juggling middling uh, decisions. I would not start Tyrell Williams, and I would not point chase with Travis Benjamin's touchdown last week. As for oh, and I wouldn't be starting Antonio Gates either. Um, Unless you are very, very desperate, but that is a a matchup driven uh, uh, thought. He is not worthy of being started on his own. Um, on the ground, Justin Jackson soundly outran Austin Eckler last week, and I have uh, I am of the opinion that Justin Jackson is is going to be the bell cow uh, for the Chargers this week. I've got him sitting as the top-ranked RB2 in the high-floor shaky ceiling category. Um, Cincinnati's defense, as I have said a number of times now, is terrible. Uh, Justin Jackson will run early and often and throughout the second half. I think that Austin Eckler will continue to function as his, his change of, in his change-of-pace role. He is uh, a... I've got him as the running back 33. Yeah. Fire up Justin Jackson. And if you're worried about Melvin Gordon playing this week, don't be. Um, I am I'm dangerously assuming rational coaching will be happening here. They have got a, a showdown next week in Kansas City. Uh, that's a must win. They need Melvin Gordon at full strength, and they are they are facing a pushover defense, a pushover team in, in Cincinnati this week. There's no reason to rush. Melvin Gordon back from his MCL tear. I like Rivers. I like Keenan Allen. I like Justin Jackson. Uh, Jackson could finish as an RB1. I think he's going to finish as an RB2. Uh, And Eckler could be a flex if you need him. Uh, Moving on to the Detroit Lions at Arizona Cardinals. Hopefully you don't have to watch this game and uh, something else. Anything else will be on TV. Um, Matthew Stafford's season is a dumpster fire, and he should, under no circumstances, be trusted this week. I've got him as the quarterback 26. Kenny Galladay, uh, the dude's a stud. I, I think that he's uh, he will flirt with wide receiver one slash two status throughout his career, but this week I, I am I'm absolutely... Uh, avoiding him. He's going to be likely shadowed uh, by Patrick Peterson. Um, I believe Peterson is back to, yeah, he is with, uh, with Byron Leftwich at the helm. He's back to shadowing, Um, not foolishly staying on one side. Uh, Anyway, Kenny Galladay has to face off with Patrick Peterson. That's going to be brutal. Plus Arizona has a nasty pass rush. That's what they have going for them. Plus some good secondary players. Um, this is a very bad matchup for the Detroit Lions passing game. I'm avoiding Stafford. I'm avoiding Kenny Galladay. Unfortunately, on Johnson is trending down for uh, playing this week. He is still nursing a knee injury. I had high hopes for him because this Arizona, Arizona Cardinals run defense is made of Swiss cheese. Uh, on Johnson, currently I have him slated 
to be the running back 23. If he is not a go, I think LeGarrette Blunt steps into serious RB2 territory. I think that's the ceiling, um, especially given um, the fact that when they get near the goal line, if they if they can get in the red zone, he is going to rumble. They are going to feed him nonstop. I think that LeGarrette Blunt has a very good shot at scoring a touchdown this week. If Carryon Johnson is not a go, I would I would not believe myself. I would be out of my mind, but I would some I would confidently start Garrett Blunt um, as an RB two and definitely as a flex, and that is insane. But I would do it. Theo Riddick is not getting the slot production that I and many others had hoped for um, because of the emergence of Bruce Ellington. Uh, Ellington has been a target monster as far as. <laughs> options in the Detroit Lions passing game go. He has received 9, 7, and 10 targets over the last three weeks. He's not getting high yardage, so his he, he's a PPR option. Uh, not, not really an option standard, but he has neutralized any hope that Theo Riddick would take over Golden Tate's vacated slot receiver role. Going on to the other side of the ball, uh, Cardinals. David Johnson. So some troubling stuff last week. David Johnson uh, had two touchdowns vultured by Chase Edmonds. However, what we have to keep in mind, he still had uh, 20 carries and two targets. He needs to get more targets. That's unacceptable. But the workload was there. He just came out in scoring position, and that is scary um, because we might see that in the future. Now, this week, uh, I'm still confident that David Johnson is, is going to produce for you. Um, I've got him sitting as the, the running back 11 because uh, against this, this defense where if they get him in space, if they get him away from Damon Harrison, the guy's going to be able to produce on 20 touches. Um, you know, 20 touches, get into your lineup. He's on the RB1, RB2 fringes for me. Chase Edmonds, add him. Don't start him this week, but... Add him. If, if in the next week or two they decide to dial back David Johnson's usage so that he does not get hurt because they're already out of the playoff hunt, Chase Edmonds is going to walk into a bell cow role. I wrote about this actually in my, my uh, early season previews back in August to keep an eye on this kid. They have, they have repeatedly said that, that they believe Chase Edmonds can, can do, quote unquote, do everything that David Johnson does. Uh, that's at least how they would use him. You would be getting yourself a 20-plus touch running back. So add him right now if you have the space in your roster. Do not start him. Uh, do not start Josh Rosen. I would love to, to say that you should, but you shouldn't. Uh, he he's, he's just not a fantasy option for us right now. However, Larry Fitzgerald is. You could flex him. I would I would feel uncomfortable being a, using him as a wide receiver too, but... Uh, the Lions are vulnerable in the slot. They've got Darius Slay on the outside. Teams tend to avoid that and just hammer the slot, and it works. So Larry Fitzgerald, playing slot receiver, is a slot receiver. Uh, go ahead and, and, and fire him up uh, as, a, as a strong flex option this week. Outside of that, I'm not looking at, at – I'm not starting Chad Williams. I'm not uh, starting J.J. Nelson. That is it for the Lions and Cards. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers at Oakland Raiders. This matchup is one that I am uh, I'm very excited to talk about. I've got Ben Roethlisberger as my quarterback three this week against the league's slowest 
elderly defense. Um, he's gonna he's going to tear Oakland apart. Uh, Antonio Brown, fire him up. He's going to be a wide receiver one. Juju Smith Schuster, same story. Fire him up. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that we can uh, we can trust James Washington. He hasn't done anything all year, although it, it sure would be fun because uh, his style of play is 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 very enticing. Um, Ryan Switzer, uh, he's interesting. There was hope against uh, he, so he put on against Denver. He 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 corralled six passes uh, or six of eight targets rather uh, for sixty seven yards. Uh, the kid looks like he can play. He's, he was playing. He, he got feature time in the slot. Um, it appears as though uh, Juju moving outside was more of a matchup based situation to get him away from Chris Harris. Switzer not an option this week. He, it was fun while it lasted, uh, Mr. Did I say Chris Harris? I meant Ryan Switzer. Anyway, uh, don't start Ryan Switzer. What I want to get to is this, Jalen Samuels and Steven Ridley. I think both of these guys can produce uh, at a decent rate. Um, Jalen Samuels, if you have him in Yahoo, can be started as a tight end. Hopefully you you knew that and you picked him up because this guy could, this guy could alter seasons. Um uh, He's going to be playing. He's going to be playing running back, and I think he's going to be catching a lot of passes. And I expect him to be utilized early and often against Oakland through both phases of the game. And I think that that's where he's going to put up his points. I think um, that he has a a legit shot at finishing the week as an RB two. I have got him at running back, quote unquote, tight end uh, sixteen. I'm I'm very very excited about Jalen Samuels. Similarly, I'm excited about Steven Ridley. Uh, there's no way that this game is going to be close. Steven Ridley is an old-school grinder at this point in his career. He, I, I guess he kind of always has been. Um, he was, sure was exciting to watch when he was on the Patriots. I thought he ran like the uh, Tasmanian Devil, uh, ripping defenders off and spinning around. I've got him as the running back 28 this week, and I think that his, I think that he could do some serious damage in... Uh, in the second half. It's a gamble, but I think that he is a high upside flex play this week. Uh, there's just no way that Oakland keeps pace and, and Pittsburgh is going to be trying to salt the clock. Uh, I like Steven Ridley as a sneaky flex play, a very, very sneaky flex play. I think that Jalen Samuels, unfortunately, takes away a little bit of possible work from Vance McDonald and Jesse James. If I'm choosing one of them, I am choosing... Vance McDonald, Oakland does get hammered by tight end, so there is still reason for optimism, but um, I am big on the Jalen Samuels hype train this week. Derek Carr. I personally would not trust Derek Carr. I've got him as the quarterback 24 this week. However, if you are very desperate, he's going to be throwing a lot, although J.J. Zacharyson likes to point out that there isn't really a lot of correlation between volume of passing and uh, quarterback fantasy points because the single biggest driver in uh, fantasy quarterback scoring are touchdowns. Uh, I don't think the car is going to have very many of those. He might get, you know, 75 extra yards, but hey, that's three points. That's not going to do it for us. Uh, I'd start him if if you were just desperate, but otherwise avoid him. Um, Jalen Richard, the kid can play, but... He just isn't trustworthy with John Gruden. Um, 
he 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 might be the beneficiary. He, I mean, theoretically, he he would be um, the beneficiary of Pittsburgh going up early because then Oakland would be throwing the ball more to well everyone, but uh, you know, especially the the running backs, which would lead to more production for Jalen Shard. But I'm not trusting him this week. Um, John Gruden still is part of the old guard who hasn't thought anything through and thinks that you should establish the run when you're down two or three scores in the third quarter, uh, which is why I think that Doug Martin is a high floor, gosh, this pains me to say, a high floor, low ceiling play. Uh, I personally would be looking for warmer waters, a higher upside than, than Doug Martin, uh, but I, I do have him, let's see here, I do have him, I've got him as the running back 32, one after Naheem Hines, one before Austin Eckler. Jordy Nelson flashed last week. I can't trust him. I'm not trusting him this week. Week 14, I'm trying to make the playoffs. I'm going to start a, a, an Oakland Raiders wide receiver. No way. Not a chance. Uh, Jared Cook, different story. Absolutely firing him up this week. Um, if anyone is truly going to benefit from the Steelers uh, going up and, and, uh, and the Raiders throwing the ball, it's going to be Jared Cook. Time for our uh, final matchup in the 4 o'clock Eastern Time games. It's the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Dallas Cowboys. For me, this is a a difficult week to trust uh, Carson Wentz. He has been uh, pretty up and down this season, and the the Dallas defense is for real. I've got Carson Wentz as the quarterback 22. As far as his passing game uh, options go, Zach Ertz, I, I... think is going to be a top two or three tight end this week. Uh, last time they played in week 10, Ertz caught 14 of 16 targets for 145 yards and two touchdowns. I don't think that that is necessarily going to happen, but I do think that Ertz is in a smash spot. Uh, I think that Golden Tate's usage last week was very intriguing. He caught seven of seven balls for 85 yards, one touchdown, and a two-point conversion. Alshon Jeffrey was... Uh, was blanketed by Josh Norman. However, he hadn't cleared 48 yards since week 10, and he hadn't gotten gotten out of the 30s uh, in in the two games prior, and he only had 31 this week. I am not starting Alshon Jeffrey against Dallas. Uh, I know many people who own him hope that he might be a a wide receiver, too, with upside. For me, it's it's just not worth the the gamble. I could see him as a flex in a, in a deep league, but if I'm starting a uh, a Philadelphia receiver, it's going to be Golden Tate, and and I think that he is uh, an upside, uh, a low floor, high ceiling flex. Uh, Jordan Matthews and Nelson Aguilar are are not starting options on the ground. Josh Adams. Big disappointment for me. I had very high hopes for him last week, but the guy is just a a non-factor uh, in the passing game. Uh, we we saw during that game um, uh, against Washington last week, he wasn't even on the field for for uh, pass blocking. They they brought in Corey Clement, who I don't think is a starting option. Corey Clement, um, but Josh Adams, he is a pure runner, and he got twenty touches or he got twenty uh, carries for eighty five yards, which is respectable but if you're if you're not getting any sort of uh, passing game usage it, it's just not going to uh, instill confidence so I, I've got him as the 
The running back, 27. Uh, for this showdown with Dallas, that, that does play really good defense against the run. Uh, moving over to the Cowboys, I think that this is a week that, that, that Dak can stay in that, that quarterback two range. I've got him at quarterback 17. Philadelphia struggles mightily to cover outside receivers, so I think that Amari Cooper... Although he is a slot receiver, uh, they are sticking him on the outside. I hope you enjoyed that, Pete. Uh, he's drawn rave reviews in his time in Dallas, but if we look through his box score, his yardage totals are 58, 75, 36, 180, 75. He's got three touchdowns during that span. Uh, those came in two games. I think that this is a great week for Amari Cooper to smash because Dallas is going to continue to funnel targets to him to make it look like it was a good trade. Um, and I think you can fire him up as a, as a wide receiver too. I have to throw my Amari Cooper hate in there though for uh, season long. Um, <laughs> or at least the 2019 season. I think they'll continue to feed him this, this season. Um, Michael Gallup and Cole Beasley are not starting options this week, nor is Alan Hearns. Um, you're also, of course, evading Tavon Austin. I'll take a second to say hashtag free Rico gathers. That guy's a six foot seven ballerina. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is likely a top three running back. I have got him. Oh, oh pardon me. He's a top four running back. I've got him at uh, number four. I think that they're going to ride him to, uh, to victory this week. Uh, should have no issue hitting around 25 touches oh baby baby all right we're moving into uh sunday night football now with the los angeles rams at the chicago bears this one similar to an aforementioned matchup could also be fireworks we've got amazing offenses or high scoring offenses going up against a good defense and a bad defense uh, the Rams side of the ball, Todd Gurley is the running back one for now and for all time. Uh, McVay's ability to scheme him into seeing less than eight men in the box, uh, last I checked, which was a little while ago, but on 9% of snaps, has led to him just putting up points regardless of the, uh, regardless of the matchup. Um, yeah, Gurley's the RB1. Don't worry about the Chicago matchup. Jared Goff, uh, it's, this is going to be a tough one for him, but it's, it's, it's prime time. McVay wants to shine. Uh, I've, got, I've got Goff coming in as the number 12 quarterback on the week. I think that Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks are both high upside wide receiver twos. Josh Reynolds, I would have a more difficult time trusting him this week. He's still going to be on the field for 95% of snaps which gives him the chance to score. I think that he's a touchdown or bust flex option, but I'm not trusting him as anything more than that. I had him in a lineup last week as a wide receiver too, and he burned me. Uh, Gerald Everett, just not getting it done at tight end for us to trust him this week, and uh, neither is Tyler Higby. So Ram side of the ball, trust Gurley, trust Goff, perhaps lower expectations a little bit, but I still, like I said, I still got him as the quarterback 12 this week. Uh, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, high upside wide receiver twos. You're firing them up. Other side of things, Mitchell Trubisky. He is trending towards playing. That shoulder is getting healthier. If it's at all uh, sore, that probably means he's just a little more prone to tucking and running, and we love that for fantasy. I perhaps foolishly 
have Mitchell Trubisky as quarterback four on the week. This Rams defense is very generous uh, to to all aspects of fantasy football. So for that reason, uh, I've got Trubisky at four. I've got Tariq Cohen as a uh, as a as whew, running back ten. The reason for this is the Rams are going to be scoring a lot, even though it's the Chicago Bears defense, which means Trubisky is going to be throwing the ball a lot, and therefore Tariq Cohen is going to see much more work than Jordan Howard, even though it's a decent matchup for running the football. Uh, combining that with Trubisky's uh, perhaps sore arm, dump-offs or uh, a high amount of dump-offs, uh, seems likely. So I really, really like Tariq Cohen this week. I think he puts up a ton of yardage, and in PPR, I think he's going to catch a ton of balls. I think he's probably going to find the end zone too. Jordan Howard, uh, n- not as optimistic on him. Uh, I-, I really liked him coming into the season, given that he averages like 6.4, 6.2 yards per carry coming out of the shotgun, and Nagy loves uh, having his offense run out of the shotgun, so it seemed like it was a perfect match. But it was all for naught. I've got Jordan Howard coming in as the uh, running back 34. I think that there's a there's a coin flip chance that that he finds the end zone. He he might uh, he, is he is a poor man's Legarrette Blunt this week given given the matchup that uh, that Legarrette Blunt has. Um, yeah. Maybe that's it against the cards. Anyway, uh, Jordan Howard, poor man's Garrett Blunt. You put him in as a touchdown or bust flex option with a decent chance at, at a touchdown. But he's you know he he could finish with with eight points, getting you getting you uh, twenty yards with that touchdown. Um, Allen Robinson, uh, he's he's cooled off quite a bit. He had one big game back in week ten. But personally, I like Anthony Miller uh, a lot more. Uh, the kid, he's so good. He's so damn good. He, he's got that shoulder injury that limits uh, uh, his range of motion, but I think we see a good game here from Anthony Miller, and he, he I think he's got a shot to finish as a, uh, as a wide receiver too. Um, Taylor Gabriel, I'm not trusting this week, but you know, don't be surprised if, if, he, if he takes one deep. I, I'm just I'm not going with him. Uh, Trey Burton. You are firing up. I, I I know that that's that's crazy, but I think that the the high scoring uh, likelihood of this matchup, I think we can go back to the well on this one. And even though he has really fucking at his game log, and he really just has not uh, done a whole lot for us, I think that he's got a good chance uh, to be a top twelve tight end. Similarly, uh, Adam Shaheen, I think. Um, Evan Silva wrote last week that he was a looming touchdown vulture, and lo and behold, last week, Shaheen catches two of two targets for five yards and a touchdown. Um, if you're in a, uh, a you know a tight end premium league or a crazy deep league, and you're you're desperate for a tight end, I think you could do worse than Adam Shaheen. Uh, so, in conclusion, Trubisky, fire him up, fire up Tariq Cohen, touchdown or bust flex option for Howard. I. I don't like Robinson as more than a, a dice roll flex, a low end flex. I think Anthony Miller can finish as a wide receiver too. I'm straying away from Gabriel and I might be down to start either, uh, either bears tight end. If, if you are someone in need, which is most of us moving on to our 
final game of week 14. It's the Minnesota Vikings traveling to my Seattle Seahawks. I think that this is going to be a, a sort of uh, middle-of-the-road day for Kirk Cousins. I've got him as the, the quarterback 21. Seattle's shown a good pass defense, and and Cousins seems to be limited to just getting two players production, whether that's Thielen, Diggs, or Thielen and Cook. I, I, I don't see uh, Kirk Cousins as a, as a, a high-ceiling uh, high option in this matchup. You're, you're absolutely starting Adam Thielen. He's a locked-in wide receiver one. The dude's unreal, and he, he, he gets wonderful uh, target volume. I think that this is a good spot for Dalvin Cook to have a, a, a bounce back of sorts or maybe really kind of get started on the year. Um, I've got it as my RB18. Seattle's run defense has been subpar lately. I think it's a good spot for, for Cook to, to put up some points here, both, both through the air and on the ground. And if he, if he doesn't really like get it going uh, this week, then there's some cause for concern. I think he can perform in, in week 15 against Miami, and, and week 16 is going to be tougher with snacks, uh, and then 17 Chicago if you're still playing. Anyway, I think that this can be a, a good week uh, for Dalvin Cook. You're probably starting Stephon Diggs as a, a high-variance wide receiver, too. He could smash, put up a dud, um, but I do think that the upside is there. I would probably be shying away from Kyle Rudolph. He is, he is not scored in quite some time, and Seattle has been good against tight ends. I'm not looking to start anyone like Aldrick Robinson, Latavius Murray, Laquan Treadwell. Uh, in this matchup, Thielen and Cooks are your strong plays. I think you, you it, unless you've got a better option, I think you're starting Stephon Diggs as a, a low floor, high ceiling play. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I am shying away from as a low end quarterback too. On the other side of things, Russell Wilson is just that damn good, even though Pete Carroll makes him line up in the same friggin' personnel grouping and just tell the defense when he's going to pass and when they're running the ball. Um, I think that that Russell Wilson uh, is firmly in that that high upside uh, quarterback two zone. I've got him as a high floor, high ceiling quarterback two at number fourteen. Tyler Lockett, as improbable as it is, he's probably he's probably sort of in the same range as Stephon Diggs is. Uh, he's 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 been scoring like a madman, uh, even when the yardage has or has not or has not been there. Uh, in this matchup with uh, Xavier Rhodes a little banged up, um, if, if Xavier Rhodes plays, I'm not sure what exactly uh, is is going on with his his injury at the moment. I think that it, it, it would be all right to start Lockett as a, a boom-bust uh, flex option. Doug Baldwin, is is he just hasn't been the receiver that you drafted him. We didn't know about the knee when, when most of us drafted him. Uh, he's very high variance. Slot coverage has not been stellar for Minnesota, so I think that he has wide receiver two upside, but he's probably a similar to Tyler Lockett, a boom-bust flex. Um, it would be tough for me to start Doug Baldwin. It'd be tough for me to start Tyler Lockett. I don't have a lot of faith in either of them, but the upside that each one provides is there. And if you're looking for you know, a swing for the fences, I'd rate uh, Lockett above Baldwin, but Baldwin could still do his thing in the slot. Um, I'm not starting David Moore. He is far too high variance. That's just the nature of the Seattle passing attack. Uh, he's he's far 
too high variance to trust in a matchup against the Minnesota Vikings in Week 14 if you're scrambling to make the playoffs. I'm not starting Nick Vanette or Ed Dixon, uh, J.D. McKissick, Mike Davis, other passing game options. Um, which brings us to the run game. Chris Carson apparently is good. It was just a dislocated finger. He'll be all right. I have Chris Carson as the running back number 22. And I think that that's I, – I, I think that it's reasonable to expect him to finish in that range this week. I don't think that he has a terribly high ceiling, but I think that the workload will keep him in that, that solid RB2 category. Rashad Penny is a, is a boom or bust flex option who I personally would not feel good starting. Uh, I think you, you trust Russell Wilson to be that high, uh, high-end quarterback to lock it as that boom bust guy, as well as Doug Baldwin lock it before him, though. Chris Carson is a solid running back, too. And that'll do it. I hope that you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, let me know. Please, please give me feedback. And uh, feel free to check in with me on Twitter at ginger underscore underscore Nick, spelled N-I-C. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll issue updates as the week goes on. And I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Jason Trullo Riding Solo RB1 Goal in the Fantasy Football Podcast. <laughs>